The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Through observing well the signs of the times, we see that we're in a moment of violence. I don't mean physical violence against each other, but violence in the systems that exist, the establishment things that are there, are falling apart. And that was prophesied before we see it as the clarity we see it now in this moment. Our Lady says, everything is falling apart. Only those things that glorify God will remain. Where are you? What are you part of? Is your work? Is your life? Is your career? Is your goals? Is your entertainment? Glorifying God. Because whatever aspects in your life aren't, are going away. It's falling apart. Because it's ordained by God with biblical principles that ultimately, even if not immediately, 
there are consequences. And thank God that God is who he is, as he is, because he works patiently. He lets things evolve. Just because man sins, even gravely, he doesn't come and smack him and squash him, flatten him out. He gives them time to repent. He gives them indications. He gives them minor things, actually, in the beginning to get his attention. And those consequences can grow. And if he doesn't turn around, the evil that grows, more consequences. So there's no excuse for not turning back toward God. And so we're in a period of time that Our Lady said in the 1990s on June 25th, you are in a particular time. And I say to you, we're in a time like never before because the conditions we exist in has never existed before. Yes, sin is sin, but we never had the propagation of wisdom. I would probably say in terminology, a negative wisdom of evil against the wisdom of God. There is a perfection in the world of evil in ways that we don't even have imagination to think how it's done, just like before Adam and Eve. They didn't have the imagination to know evil until they ate the tree. And that began a progression on a university level as they grew in evil to become professors of evil. We have people out there that literally are professors of evil. They come up with all kinds of new names. I just heard of a new thing on the radio the other day. It's called cultural appropriation. Two white women went to Mexico and they liked the tortillas and burritos they were eating. And so they decided to open something up. I think it's in California. I didn't hear all of it. And they started this operation, portable operations out there on the streets, selling these burritos. And it's a tremendous success. And they've been charged and criticized for cultural appropriation. This is a new professor of evil to identify people that what they did is evil because they went down to Mexico and took from impoverished people their recipes. You may think this is stupid. This is ridiculous. They don't think it's that way. The inventors and professors of the concepts of cultural appropriation has that agenda with this. That the, the leading people who bring back Christianity, Europeans, and they happen to be white, are hated more and more every day. I should tell you something. What does that mean? And so now we've got a condemnation of these people who are violating cultural appropriation that burritos belong only to the Hispanics. Then what about the Italians? And all the people doing Italian food. And Anglo-Saxons who are doing that. They stole it from the Italians. Man learns things and progresses and improves on it. That's a natural effect. It don't matter which culture they're from or where they're from or who they are. But see, now it's become a sin. I give this only as an example because they said they stole the recipes from these poor Mexicans, and this is the evil. This is the new evil. They're coming up with their Ten Commandments violations. But this brings control over the thinking of men and stems the culture instead of progressing it. And God doesn't work that way. He works through what we're about to read from the poem Man God by Maria Vartora. And just to set up the story, 
Jesus is speaking with Isaac, one of the shepherds who was at the Grotto of Bethlehem at the birth of Jesus. And after his family had fled, the shepherds were, the shepherds suffered a lot, persecution, poverty, etc. Now Isaac has refound Jesus and he looks at his past and he says, it's nothing now because Jesus is his true treasure. And so Jesus then responds to Isaac saying, It's nothing here, Isaac, but in heaven it is everything for you. And that everything is waiting for you, says Jesus. And then speaking to everyone, he says, You must do so. I do so myself. We must go on without getting tired. Tiredness is one of the roots of human pride, and so is haste. Why is man annoyed by defeats? Why is he upset by delays? Because pride says, Why say no to me? So much delay for me? This is lack of respect for the apostle of God. No, my friends, look at the whole universe and think of him who made it. Meditate on the progress of man and consider his origin. Think of this hour which is now being completed and count how many centuries have preceded it. The universe is the work of a calm creation. The Father did not do things in a disorderly way, but he made the universe in successive phases. Man is the work of patient progress, the present man, and he will more and more progress in knowledge and in power. And such knowledge and power will be holy or not holy according to his will. But man did not become skilled all at once. The first parents, expelled from the garden, had to learn everything, slowly, progressively. They had to learn the most simple things. That a grain of corn is more tasty if ground into flour, then kneaded and then baked. They had to learn how to grind it and bake it. They had to learn how to light a fire, how to make a garment by observing the fleece of animals, how to make a den by watching beasts, how to build a pallet by watching nests. They learned how to cure themselves with herbs and water by observing animals that do so by instinct. They learned to travel across deserts and seas, studying the stars, breaking in horses, learning how to balance boats on water by watching the shell of a nut floating on the water of a stream, and how many failures before success. But man succeeded and he will go farther. 
but he will not be happier on account of his progress because he will become more skilled in evil than in good. But he will make progress. Is redemption not a patient work? It was decided centuries and centuries ago. It is happening now after being prepared for centuries. Everything is patience. Why be impatient then? Could God not have made everything in a flash? Was it not possible for man, gifted with reason, created by the hands of God, to know everything in a flash? Could I not have come at the beginning of centuries? Everything was possible, but nothing must be violence. Nothing. Violence is always against order. And God, and what comes from God, is order. Do not attempt to be superior to God. What Joan just finished says, do not attempt to be superior to God. Judas then comes up with a conversation and says, but, but then when will you be known? He's referring to everything Jesus just said. Are you going to be known? By whom, Judas? And then Jesus says, by the world. And Jesus says, never. Judas says, never, but are you not the Savior? Then Jesus answers, I am, but the world does not want to be saved. Only one in a thousand will be willing to know me, and only one in 10,000 will really follow me. And I will say even more, I will not be known even by the most intimate friends. Judas responds, but if they are your intimate friends, they will know you. Yes, Judas, Jesus says, they will know me as Jesus, as Jesus the Israelite. But they will not know me as who I am. I solemnly tell you that I will not be known by all my intimate friends. Our lady said, February 2nd, 2011, Wondering darkness, you even imagine God himself according to yourselves and not who he really is. This teaching in the point of man God is beautiful because this is caritas. And caritas is a way of life. And the way of life is a life that Ali showed me. And what Ali showed me, I was living when I went to Medjugorje. Out of debt, growing slow, in some order. I saw at 23 the kind of house we wanted to build when I was 30. Or move into when we got into our late 20s or 30s. And I worked patiently with this. And I feel I'm just in the right place of history at the right moment with the right thoughts. A lot of it based already in the messages. The messages come easy for me because it was already been put in life before I heard them verbally or in the written word that Maria writes or Mariana or what we hear from Yvonne or the other visionaries. All this ties into everything. We're in a time of chaos from Satan because his kingdom is being destroyed right now. Our Lady even said, that Satan now is losing power and he's becoming more aggressive. What does that mean? 
How is he losing power and becoming more aggressive? Because now his plans already is there. He doesn't care. He just, everything's going to turn into wreck. If you can't have the baby, except if it's cut in half, according to Solomon's edict, the true mother comes up and says, no, just give it to her. So God allows things happen on the world to hold things together, to keep order, like the mother did, keep the baby whole, while Satan's willing to be cut in two and not get anything because he wants destruction. And so we're in a point right now where people, and especially those who are apostles, don't recognize the points that's being made. That the great efforts are being stymed. You have to accomplish with what God gives you. That's what makes you an apostle. You can't be annoyed by defeat. You can't be annoyed or difficult or be uh, complaining about being tired. It's amazing the statement says, being tired is pride. If you're tired, you're supposed to say, I can give more. And I'm glad I'm tired because I did this for God's glory, not for my own. But most people work for their own glory, their own security, not God's security. And with the concept of our lady's words, that your life does not belong to you, but is to be spent to bring other people to eternity. We live for that here. The benefits of is we're enjoying a beautiful way of life, a difficult life, but nothing difficult compared to what's coming. And so we see something happening right now that's very dangerous. We see this falling apart and destruction of Satan's kingdom in the beginning, early stages of the century Our Lady's going to have. And so what do we see? We see the establishment is so rooted for a hundred years that you can't get rid of it. And they're so angry. They're so chaotic. They're working rapidly at such a haste to destroy everything. Do you remember on Medjinomics and the other shows, while Trump was running for office, that they do everything they can to keep this guy out of office? Now, I said that way before anybody even thought that. I said, if he gets in office, they're going to try to kill him. You know what came out yesterday? They have been coming out every evening after all the talk show hosts with a new thing, a new scandal. Right now, the Democrat son-in-law of Trump, Krishner, is now in the headlines. I saw it on the stand yesterday. That he's having conclusions also with the Russians. He tried to find a back way alley directly to Putin. If I was president, why would you not want to deal directly with him without everybody else interfering with it? You think Trump, with all his wealth and what he's got in his lineage, is going to pass on this wealth? Wants the United States to be colluded with Russia? It's a no-brainer. But they just get that thought in there. The fact that Kushner would do that is wrong. This guy's a Democrat. I don't even like some of the things he's for. Him and Ivanka are open to climate change, which is a lie, and they've been duped like everybody else. But the fact is that he's part of something that's not establishment. Everything that's not establishment will oppose everything that's not part of the establishment. That's why Caritas is why it's so strong, because we've never been part of the establishment of Medjugorje. And Our Lady can use that, because we're not made of people and a collaboration with a body of people that you got to go along to get along. We're not part of the establishment. 
We're a part of this big establishment in Medjugorje. We've never been a part of it. Why are we the largest, most successful, most propagated machine out there through our lives in the Medjugorje world, covering the whole world? Because God can use this, and I can write something that we live, that I wrote in truth, that we have put to practice, print that, go without being edited, package it into a book, and deliver it to the reader. You don't have channels of voices out there that can do that. Everybody's to be tamed down. James Dobson started 40 years ago, Focus on the Family. We went to this, one of his meetings at the Catholic Church, of his 10 disciplines of video at that time, before we gave up TV, about raising the family. You know what they're doing right now? They're cutting the guy out. Because you got to do what John Paul was referring to. If you want to renew your communities, your religious orders go back to the founder. The first thing that Satan wants to do is erase the founder. They're doing something so shameful to James Dobson. It's, it's incredible. They're minusing this guy out of the celebration of 40 years of focus on the family. But that's what they have to do because they're a committee now. They're a board of directors now. James Dobson was a single person. St. Francis was a single person. And Franciscans were built on St. Francis, not on the committees that's running it now, and they've gotten away from it. So we got to be a, a committee because a committee is an establishment, and everything can be mundane. Everything can be stopped, or everything can be mitigated when you got a group of people running things instead of individual leading the troops and then implementing that with the same thought. Joan of Arc, her feast day was a couple of days ago, May 30th. Tuesday of this week. I was in France, and she's been my patron saint, and she has been somebody who I've called upon throughout the years, and the community likewise has done the same thing. And my daughter took her as her confirmation name. But we was going through these towns, and when I was speaking across Normandy with a scientist that tested the visionaries, we came upon this church and stopped. It was so out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, in a little bit of town, and we said, let's stop here. Well, we stopped there, and there was apparitions there. And 580 years ago, when Joan of Arc lived, she was passing through there. And we found out from the priest that she literally walked through this arch on her way to see the king. Well, I know the story. Because on the way to the king, word had gotten out without her being in command of any troops or any armies that they had to kill her. Because here comes this person on outsider, Hundred Years' War. Even the French, even though they were losing their country, still had those Republican-type people that we're having problems now with in Congress that was still for, well, it's going to be better for us with the English just to join them and just let be at peace, let the war end, let France become England. So here comes this 15-year-old girl, started being trained by St. Michael at 14 and other saints with their voices, and she stops at this church, prays to the Virgin Mary. She walks through this arch, and it's a really quaint, large church, but it's not a cathedral. It's beautiful, real ancient looking. And I thought, wow, I wanted to walk through the arch, and I prayed there to her. And she walked from this point, leaving this. They knew she was coming to the king. There was two routes to it. Her voices told her, don't go this way because they're going to try to kill you. They were waiting for her. She had people around her 
that was informal because she had a train of people following her to go see the king. And so she, she takes, takes this other out, and her life is saved. Why? Because she's not part of the establishment. She wasn't going according to the plan, even in the defeat of France becoming England. And they wanted to be the things that ran the show. And Joan of Arc was completely an outsider, out of the loop, no political correctness. Trump is the same way. He's no political correctness. And they say he can't tweet. They want to start lawyers now filtering his tweets. People elect him because of his tweets. This is so evil. It sounds positive. We're just trying to correct something that's wrong. It's wrong to refer to God the Father because everybody's got a God. He could be Hindu. He could be himself, whatever. So Trump is an outsider. And they now have moved yesterday into a position that we're not stopping this guy. The establishment is saying that. Both Republicans and Democrats on the left and even some conservatives, they're not saying they want this, but they're, they're siding with a lot of things they want to fault. And now they say we have to start considering assassination. This is not just somebody throwing this out. This came out. Can you imagine that? And you wonder why you're going to run defeats and why you're going to be on the outsider and why there going to be persecutions against you. Our mission has been this day one. I've learned to live with it and expect it. And I get worried if it's not there. Maybe we're not doing God's will. You can see war in the heart of these people. Visca said in France that war begins in the heart and manifests itself physically. This hatred toward our president is manifesting physically into an assassination. They're already doing it in the media every day. And you don't have to be for Trump. You have to be a critical observant of what news is coming, what they're doing, that this is an assassination to the media. But that's not going to stay there. It's going to come out physical. I was concerned before Trump came in when I saw an article that said once Trump was elected, but he had not been inaugurated as president, that interim in three months, that suddenly Obama pushed out that we have to open up the secret service to be more diversity. The first person they interviewed was a Muslim woman. And so I get a lot of Muslims in. We're out this week about where there's Muslims planted all throughout the bureaucracy now. And now we've got, and they said they were going to hire 10,000 more Secret Service people. Why is such a flood of all of a sudden? Why does all that come about? And why do they want this diversity? And now they're saying that there's people working in the government that are people who are terrorists and has got terroristic plans. And where do you want to get? Right there in the Secret Service. These are incredible things that are being uncovered. And you learn this wisdom, just like Jesus said in the point of man, God, you grow slowly, you observe, you learn, you look. Jesus said in there, observe. Man learns by that. Observe the signs of the times. Observe what's happening. Nothing has changed. Reformers are hated. And reformers can't reform within the framework. The church cannot fix itself now. Neither can the world. The only thing that can happen is a purification that restructures, not repairs, but restructures the vacancies of those who hold those positions that are not fulfilling their obligation toward truth and where we're headed. 
It's interesting that Jesus says, by observing animals and those who do so, they end up breaking horses. How we do everything else. You want to learn how to discipline your kids? I had my first horse at 14. I learned a lot about rearing children to animals, how they behave, what they do, when they pitch a fit, when you're going to get kicked, when you're going to get bitten, and how to correct those things. We have people raising kids that don't have any iota how to raise children because they never observe animals in their real life. So this whole thesis at the point of man God is who we are. We've learned so many things to the degree in our life. How do you ride horses and win at some of the horse shows? We took kids to simple horse shows, not competition, and, and was always winning when we did, but we didn't do it for competition. And these kids learn how to do horses, how to train horses, how to deal with pigs, how to deal with, with taking and keeping them alive, what's dying, all this, all these things and the compasses and the mathematics feeding that feeds, all this stuff. The value of that. And tell these kids, you will never go to college. We don't want you to go to college. That you can have somebody that has dealt with all these things, with animals, watching, observing how life is, learning a work ethic, not staying in the bed in the summertime, go feeding the animals, or go playing with them, or just chasing a pig. That you can be 20 years old, don't go to college, take some test, this most severe test out there, that you study on your own, you grew up here and you're 20 years of age and you go to work in that field and in that field, you're noticed within a few months and you made some other offers and then you're offered to come to another company and then you're offered a company to become a partnership in and then you're offered to own the company and then you take all your tests to be an independent insurance agent and then you buy the company, and because you're tracing your potentials and what they see in this person, it's so high that the corporate company helps you, and the seller of the company requires no money down, no collateral, and at 20 years of age, the attorney's working with this individual, says, I'm 38 years old, you're 20, and I don't own an entity, and the deal is sealed. How do you do that? You do that with pigs. You do that with picking tomatoes. You do that working all night. That's how it happens. And that's my daughter, Bridget. This is what just happened to her. Her patron saint was Joan of Arc. The test she had to pass, she was praying to Joan of Arc Tuesday, not knowing that she had the night before been praying to Joan of Arc and a lady to help her with this test, working constantly, no sleep studying on her own, independent of a teacher, book to her face, looking everything up, that the next day would be the feast day of Joan of Arc. And she passes it. See, these kids here, our people here, our older people here, rely on the saints. First, the saint is Our Lady and what they lived and how they lived. And it was with the soil. And that's where you need to put your aims. That's where you need to go back to. Because you learn every lesson in life. There's nothing you can achieve to it. This mission is very, very powerful in that it utilizes everything in the world, mastering it while the world doesn't master us. 
and the children here are in the same occupations out there in the world in service of God. The value of the life for the kids growing up here and young adults, that's a witness in a modern time of how to live a way of life, not of the world, but of God, and how he lets what is of God survive and what's not of God is going to fall apart. And I'm not saying companies will be here 10 years from now. But the principle, what I'm saying, is everything is about economy. Everything is about money. That's why we design the miraculous measure we're around. Those things have purpose. To get you where to live in a life of a sanctification of everything you do, every action, everything you own, is to glorify God. So we live in momentous moments. You're going to see upheavals, as Mariana said, throughout the world. But are you ready? Are you getting ready? And to be ready, you have to be prepared. Our whole life is that, especially in preparation for the secrets release coming. So take this myriad of thoughts back and start adopting this in your philosophies and read the material we put out because it's a truth of what a picture of our life is here, that we've been gifted by Our Lady, shown this way, that we can show it to others, that they can show it to others. Who is your lady? We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Mechagoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.